Yeah, well, welcome to Impact Church. Today is part two of a series that we have called Filters, and I'm excited about today. And I want to say a quick thing, a quick note on Spirit of Giving. Uh, we have had food that has been coming in. We have people dropping food off at our house for Spirit of Giving. We really do want to be the biggest blessing that we can be on that day to our community. And so keep that in mind. You can donate. This month is canned chicken specifically. But if you have anything that you want to donate that we've done in the past where it's the spaghetti stuff, uh, the peanut butter, crackers, anything like that, you're more than welcome uh, to drop that off with us, to bring it on a Sunday, drop it off here in the lobby. And uh, we'll make that happen. And so we're excited about that. Can you believe that Christmas, that fall and Christmas is just around the corner? It'll be here before we know it. It seems like we just celebrated Christmas yesterday and it's already upon us again. So, well, today I'm excited and I hope you're excited because we get to hear from one of my favorite speakers in the entire world. This is going to be, this is going to just blow, this is going to blow your mind, all right? This is going to blow your mind. Today, we're, we're continuing our series, Filters, and uh, today we're going to get to hear from my amazing wife, Amanda Miller, and she is going to bring a word that she has shared with me, and I believe if you will lean in, and you will pay attention, and you need to shout her down, this is not a quiet church, so you did not come to church to be quiet. Can I get a better amen than that? You did not come to church to be quiet. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to get up here and yell to get everybody fired up. <laughs> no, we didn't come to church to be quiet. So let's lean in. Let's give her our attention. I believe that what she's about to share with you has the potential to change your life forever and really impact you in a powerful, powerful way. And so can we give it up for my amazing wife, Amanda Miller. Hello, hello. So I told I told my husband as I kept seeing new faces and familiar faces, I just said, Oh, I just pray they come back next week because you won't have me next week, okay? So just bear with me. I um I don't do this lightly. I don't, and I know I said this, I've only shared once before here, but it is simply the Lord putting something on my heart that I feel like I have to share and um, makes me want to vomit a little bit, but <laughs> just being honest. Um, but um, before I get started, every week we try to take time to show honor. And um, we took time to show honor to set up and tear down team because we couldn't, um, we couldn't do it without each and every one of them. But um, I want to take a moment to show honor to someone... Um, no one, no one knows the, <laughs> I'm sorry, no one knows the, the moments, the hours, the, um, the thinking, the planning, the praying, um, the seeking that this man does to lead this church. Um, he does not take it lightly at all. Um, we truly consider it a gift to be called here in this community and to be leading Impact Church. So, would you stand with me and show honor to our pastor, my husband? And just... <laughs> he, um... 
literally night and day thinks and prays and plans. And so um, I'm, I'm just thankful for his obedience and his boldness to do what God's called us to do in this community. Um, also, before I even get started, um, just real quick, August 31st, there is a women's, um, we're going to have a women's night, just a night of food and just talking and just relaxing. If you like to play games, we can do that. But it will be at Gail Branagh's house um, August 31st at 6 p.m. And those will be on our announcements, but it just didn't make it in this week. So um, I'm going to pray, and then we are going to get in. So God, we just thank you for today. God, I thank you for this opportunity. God, that it isn't about... um, it's, it's not about us. It's about you. And so, God, I pray, Lord, that in every word that I speak, in every move that I make, God, that you will be glorified. I thank you, Lord, that you knew who was going to be here today. And I pray, Lord, that they come back next week to hear again, to see again, Father. But I just thank you for this word that you've given me. And I pray, Lord, that um, it'll just minister to hearts and lives today. God, that hope will be renewed. And that, God, we will um, see how to use our filters differently after today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we are going to start in Numbers 13, but today our message, we didn't even, honestly, I was supposed to supposed to speak a few weeks ago, and I was happy to put it off once again. Um, this has been something the Lord's been stirring in my heart for a few months now, but um as I was just praying, I just the the term came to me: filter your focus. And um, so, as I shared that with Gabriel, he's like, "That'll feel perfect. Let's just put it in the middle of the series." And of course, I was like, "Are you sure? Maybe we should wait. Like, let's wait a little bit longer, get through your series, and then we'll do it another time." But here we are today, and we're going to talk about that filtering our focus. So we're going to start in Numbers 13. Numbers 13. And I'm going to give a little context because I don't want to, we're not going to go through the whole chapter, but we're going to start in verse 25. But before that, Moses, he sends 12 spies into a land because he wants to know what it's about. He wants to know what the land looks like. He just wants to know. So he sends 12 spies in. Ten of the spies um, come back with one thing, two come back with another. So let's start in verse 25. Turn my page one. Okay, so verse 25. And they returned from scouting out the land after 40 days. They came to Moses and Aaron and to all the Israelite congregation in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh and brought them word and showed them the land's fruit. They told Moses, We came to the land which you sent us. Surely it flows with milk and honey. So this is the ten spies. This is its fruit. But... This is what they said, verse 28. But the people who dwell there are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, there we saw the sons of Anak. Amalek dwells in the land of the south. The Hittite, the Jebusite, and the Amorite dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanite dwells by the sea and along by the side of the Jordan River. So here's Caleb. He's one of the two. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. We are well able to conquer it. But his fellow scouts said, We are not able to go up against the people of Canaan, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought the Israelites in an evil report of the land which they had scouted out, saying, The land through which we went to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. 
So, I mean, just the last verse, I'm not even going to go into it, but so here we are, and there are 12 spies. All walked into the same land, all saw the exact same images in, in our natural, with our natural eye, but two chose to see something differently. And so this is what I believe, that those 10 spies that came back saying, they can devour us, all these giants are there, they're stronger than us, they could have seen just what the other two saw, but they chose not to. So today, that's what I want to talk to you about, is our choice to filter our focus. And where is your focus? So I'm going to give you three points today. Three points that um, I believe that if we'll ask ourselves, that um, God will allow us to filter our focus. The first is, in a question, I ask you, what are you seeing? You know, as I was, I was, I was thinking and stuff. I, I thought about a magnifying glass and how I can, I can take a magnifying glass and you know, if you hold it back, you can see this tiny, small image. But if you pull it up, you know, then it things just get larger and such. It's the same thing, but I can do two different things with it. And I think about with with my husband's glasses. We have very similar glasses, but can I tell you, we have two very different prescriptions. I am about as blind as almost just honestly, I doctor said, almost legally blind. But these slightly different glasses, I can see nothing right now. You are all a blur. It's a simple little step. I'm going to give you your glasses so I'm not scratching them or dropping them in a minute. It's a simple little difference. But with mine, I won't run into trees and I can actually read words and such. And this is what I believe, that it's that slight little difference that happens that changes what we see. I think about it at the eye doctor. I remember I was probably like 10 or 11 and I was over at some good friends. Um, she was just a friend of our family and we were over there for a time and she said, can you see that? And I'm sitting here and I, I can't see it. So my parents take me to the eye doctor and I remember as I came and left the eye doctor, I was amazed at the detail. I just couldn't see and I didn't even know it. I didn't realize what I wasn't seeing because I didn't, didn't have the right prescription. And I think about at the eye doctor, you know how they'll, I don't know if you've ever been, but there's this little contraption that they'll go lens one, lens two. Which one can you see better through? Lens one, lens two. Lens three, lens four, so on and so on. And we keep going. But what I believe is, even though it doesn't feel like it, that it's as simple as a flip. But many times we, we unfortunately choose lens one when we can't see as clearly. We choose to see what the enemy wants us to see. We choose to see our problems and um, defeat um, in our situation, as many of you know, an unsold house. Um, in our past, you know, looking at things we've walked, to, walked through, um, a lost baby. Where is my focus? What am I choosing to see? So that's what, that's our first question is what are we choosing to see? Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I've set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Therefore, you shall choose life in order that you may live and your descendants. 
you and your descendants. We have the power to choose life and death. It's something that, you know, I honestly, in the last few weeks, I had just shared with a friend that I felt so frustrated because we can know what we're supposed to do, yet still choose what we know is not right. You know, find ourselves, as I told my husband, being a negative Nancy um, instead of choosing to be positive. And it's all just a choice. The scripture, you know, I, I've heard it so many times, but never saw it in this light. Um, James 1 and 2, and if you know it, you may have sighed a little bit when I said it, because it says, consider it nothing but joy. This won't be on your screen, but just James 1, 2, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. And I don't think this has to be like, we're facing death or, you know, whatever. Life life is just hard sometimes. You know, work can get a little difficult. Marriage can get a little difficult. Parenting can be hard. Um, so when we face trials, consider it pure joy. And then, but this is, this is the part that came to light. When we, when we consider the word consider, when we look at the definition of consider, it means to look at it and to translate it. I don't believe it's coincidence. This is the amplified version, and I know so many, you know, there's disputes over the translations that getting lost, but if you actually look at like the Hebrew and Greek, it, it means things like that. Translate, look at it. And I believe that that word is used because many times when we look at the trials we're facing, we don't translate it or look at it. We don't allow the Lord to shift what we're seeing. We just, we see it through our own physical eyes. Nothing's changing, nothing's happening and, and so on. So consider it. And if we'll consider it, if we'll look at it and we'll translate what we're walking through, I believe the Lord will shift what we see. How many of you guys like antique stores? Me too. Yes. I like antique stores. How many of you would call it a junk store? Anybody call it a junk store? Okay, yeah, in all honesty, okay, yeah. You call it a junk store. I was driving, we were driving downtown, and, and I saw that where they, one of the antique stores on the corner in the square, they had this one sign that said, one man's junk, and then of course, you can finish the statement, another man's treasure. I believe it's just because it's all in the way you look at it. It's that simple. I see a treasure, and you just see junk. But that's the way it is a lot of times. The way I see myself, I see junk, but Lord sees the Lord sees something he created. You know, I see something that's messed up. We all are. I mean, we're human. <laughs> but God sees somebody that he's anointed and he's called. God sees somebody that has a purpose. And regardless of what you've been or, or the mistakes you've made, God sees. God sees good. God sees good. So here we are. And so we think about, I think about how my kids look at stuff. How many of you have kids? You have kids? How my kids look at stuff? My sister-in-law, we have this thing, make this joke. Um, she, she said this one time, not husband bashing, just speaking. She said, he boy looked, okay? So we have our kids, you know, how they'll look. I can't find my shoes. Ryland did it this morning. I can't find my shoes. Where are his shoes? Literally one's like over here, and I mean, they're on the floor. Like, it's not hard. But I believe that that's how we look for God a lot of times. We don't. We just look at the junk we're facing. We look at the, I'm, I just, I don't want to go to work today. You know, I don't, 
I, I mean, I get up and I'm, I can look at it. I stay at home with our kids. But I could look at it and say, I'm going to do the same thing again today. I'm going to spank. I'm going to change a dirty diaper. I'm going to feed their mouths. I'm going to clean up. And I'm going to keep doing that all day long, pretty much. Um, homeschooling, we're going to start that. But still, how am I going to look at it? Instead of, you know what? Yes, I'm at home raising my kids. Yes, you go back to school and you start teaching, which may not feel like a big deal, but it's a big deal. We're pouring into the future generation, whether you're teaching in a public school, whether you're parenting, maybe you work full-time, but you're still parenting, still doesn't change. You know, you work in construction, doesn't matter what you're doing, God's called you to it. So how are you choosing to see it? How are you choosing to see it? God can help you see it his way. He can if we choose, but it's the one thing, it's funny, there's so many things in life that I like to try to control that I can't. But I can control how I choose to focus, what I choose to see. So my question today to you would be, are you choosing to see the lies of the enemy? Are you choosing to see your excuses of why you can't? I could have given you so many excuses of why I couldn't today. I told my husband several and asked, you know, do you have a message maybe you could go ahead and do this week? Because finding everything, text a friend yesterday and I'm like, so I'm trying to find a way out of this and... I have felt sick, but only because of my nerves. But we can, what are we choosing to see? All you can't? Are you choosing to see your problems? Or are you choosing to see his promises today? Are you choosing to see endless possibilities because of Jesus? Even though you're facing this huge wall, this, this huge giant, or just this work situation that you've been in for several years, and you don't know why God has you in it, but nothing seems to be changing, yet here you are. Are you choosing to see opportunities or inconveniences? And I'm the worst. I'm like, you get me to Walmart and I'm like, get me out of here. Let me check out the fastest rather than when I know Holy Spirit saying, go check out in this line. Because that lady, I don't know. A lot of times we don't know why. But I believe that there are opportunities all around us in our daily things but are we choosing to see it as that or do we just see the inconveniences? So number one, what are you seeing? Number two, what are you saying? What are you saying? Do you find yourself saying, I'm the, I'm, I'm the queen of, of course this happened. Of course the car broke down. We finally got our savings account back up and of course that car broke down. Rather than, thank God we had the money. Um, it'll never happen. We have been trying and trying and trying. Um, breaks my heart, and I do not belittle it. People that have tried for years to have children. So I, you know, I am not speaking lightly of it. But what are we saying? What are we saying? Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it, don't miss this, don't miss this, will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. My question for you today is what would your consequences be? Based on what you've been saying, what are you going to eat? I can assure you in the last few weeks, I don't want to eat what I've been saying. This house that's been on the market for three years, I don't want to eat what I've been saying about it. I don't because I think it's just never going to do it. I'm never, we're just never going to see it sell. We're going to keep paying all this monthly stuff rather than continuing to say the promises of God. I just continue to see and then say the problem. 
I don't have to talk according to my circumstances. And you may look at me today and you can say, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing. No, I don't. You're right. But God does. And I know that he is bigger than what we're facing. And I know that we have the word that is full of and that we don't find ourselves in when we're frustrated, but that is full of, let's magnifying glass fall down, his promises. And we can choose to proclaim what's happening in our circumstances. We can choose to say, this is what's happening or that, or we can just choose to say his word. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times in my life where I can find myself and I'm like, I'm at a loss for words. He gave us a book full of words that when you can't find anything else to say, you can say his word. So number one is, what are you saying? Number two is what, I mean, number one is what are you seeing? Number two is what are you saying? And I don't want to miss this because I almost did. And I, I, I saw this and heard a speaker say it. There, do you know there are 86,400 seconds in a day? So my question to you today, and I'm going to be honest, I choked on this a little bit, is how many, this is the thought that I feel like the Lord put on my heart, how many of those seconds are you using to see and say what the Lord would have you to? How many seconds are we wasting seeing and saying what we want to see and say instead of what God wants to give us? So, number three. What sound are you listening to? This is a huge one because I'm going to tell you um, some lots of sounds were playing in my head this morning. Your husband's a great communicator. He does it really well. People love listening to him. You're going to get up there and people are not going to get a word you have to say. They don't want to hear you. I hear. I saw new people walking in and I told Gabriel, I said, I want to tell him, can you come back next week? Like, can you just wait one more time? He'll be back. But granted, I'm not my husband. But God's called me to things too. And I can choose to listen to the sound of defeat. Who doesn't want you walking in it? You know, who's telling you that going in and teaching, which I do not think is a light job, but where we say, I'm just going to teach, here we go, another school year. The enemy doesn't want you to take it seriously. You know, where you just say, I'm, I'm going in to take care of patients. Um, I'm going, I'm taking care of my kids tomorrow. I don't know. Um, I, take, I just sort through papers all day. I don't know what you do. But, but the enemy is the one that wants to belittle what you're doing. And maybe, maybe it's not even what the enemy's saying, but maybe it's what other people in your life are saying. Maybe the people that you're around have said a bunch of negative stuff. Or maybe it's not currently what they're saying, but maybe things that were said to you in the past that continue to ring in your head. Play over and over and over again. The, the beauty of it is, it's a, the, it's a daily thing. But the beautiful part is, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, it's a daily thing, it's a daily battle to choose what we're seeing, saying, and the sound we're listening to. But this is one thing we get to choose. I get to choose what I'm listening to. Am I going to listen to my kids are never going to get this? If you know my three-year-old, you know the, the challenges we face with that high energy and adventure-seeking. And, and my other two bring other challenges, don't get me wrong. 
I can choose to see challenge and frustrations, or I can choose to see that the Lord has given him things. The Lord has given him boldness, and the Lord has given him what I don't have, which is that that adventurous spirit. I'm like the safety-seeking spirit. I'm like, no, don't take me up high. And he's got his hands up in the air when his six-year-old brother wants to not ride a roller coaster. He's like, me, me, me. I mean, he's three. But this is him. But I get to choose what I see and, and what I say and what I play in my head. And so I would pose to you that, that today as you hear a sound playing in your head to, to quickly ask, who's saying that? Because I can guarantee you that we serve a God that is a God of life. And if it's death that you're listening to, and by death I mean negative things. I mean the I'm not as talented as the next guy. I can't sing as well, so uh, there's no point. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a, I don't know. I mean, you could go on and on. But what are you choosing to, what sound are you listening to today? That, that I'm not good enough. I've made tons of mistakes. That's the enemy. Because Here's the God we serve, a God that says he turns every bad thing around for the good. So that even means the bad mistakes in the past that we've made, we've all made them. Now, granted, you may say, yeah, you don't know what mistakes I've made. It doesn't matter. We serve a God that is bigger than all of that. We serve a God that, that doesn't see that. That's one of the things I love about this is because we all, God made us all different. We all have past experiences, present experiences that make us different. That's because we don't all need to be the same. How much time do you spend fellowshipping with your problems? And by fellowshipping, we say talk. You know, we use the fellowship term. Or fellowshipping in the presence of God. That's what's going to change the sounds that are playing in our heads is the time that we spend in the Word, is the time that we spend with the Lord. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I don't think you can get more plain than that. For as he thinks in his heart. If, if I let the things that continued to play in my head this morning and yesterday and all last week, um, it just wouldn't be good. I just wouldn't, for as he thinks, so is he. I don't want to be that person that, the, that runs in my head a lot of times, that tells me what I am. When I need to be allowing the Lord to tell me who I am. And I'm going to be honest, it, this is why all three of them, I feel like, go so much hand in hand. Because this is the sound that's playing in my head, but you have the power to push stop on it. You know, it's just like a CD player and stuff. I mean, or, um, you know, a CD player or cassette tape. I don't, I mean, you know, we, we all know cassette tapes are. Um, so, I mean, a cassette tape, I have the power to push stop. But I can push stop, but then I have to replace it with something. And I then have to go back to number two, which tells me to say what's right. Say according to the word. I'm not, I'm not lack of talent. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I always make jokes. My husband's way smarter than I am. He is. He's naturally more smarter than I am. I, I have a college degree. It doesn't change the, the sound that tries to play in my head. You know, just because you have like this, this title or this school or, or whatever you have or whatever you don't have, it doesn't change what qualifies you. 
God qualifies us. And we have to choose to, to play a different sound. We get to push play and stop. We have the power over that. So what I think and allow to play on the inside will decide how my life is on the outside. You could say it this way. Our thinking patterns become our acting patterns. How are you starting to act because of the way that you think? You know, I felt like the Lord showed me, was this last week or the week before? And when I say the Lord showed me, I mean, it's just like this tiny little, it's just this moment where I'm like, wait a minute, where I'd been walking around in a spirit of defeat. You know what? You're raising littles. You're busy with that. You can't really make an impact on anybody's life to speak of. You're not as talented as your husband. You you tend to get off key when you sing all these things that will play in my head over and over again. But how I'm thinking becomes how I'm acting. So what are we thinking about? Just one more way to say it is when you think better, you'll live better. You know, your life may not be playing out the way that you want it to, but how we choose to think, because we get to choose it, we have the power because we're children of God and God has given us the power. We have the power to think differently. How are you choosing to think? Just a challenge that to always think more about what I do have than I don't. You may not have feel like you have a lot. You know, there, there are sacrifices that we chose to make so I could stay at home with our kids and homeschool our kids. And I, I mean, everybody's road looks different. But if I'll focus on what I do have, we don't get to do things that some people, you know, my kids have been dying to go to Disney World, dying to. I mean, you know, it's like the universal, like, every kid wants to go to Disney World. Well, they keep saying, how long do we have to save up money? You know, just so, well, I can choose to think on that. Like, we're not going to ever get to Disney World. I actually just said that actually a couple weeks ago in full disclosure. Um, I can choose to say that or you know what? We may not get to do it as early as other people, but we're going to save up and eventually take our kids and we'll enjoy it. That they're healthy. God have mercy that... I get so focused on the negative, and by negative I mean like I feel tired again today (laughs) or whatever. You know, um, I'm sick again. I'm going back to the doctor. But what do you have? You have breath again. You know, you, you have life. You have opportunity. You have people around you that love you, and maybe you feel like you don't, but I promise standing in here today there are people around you that love you, and you may not even know it. So, we can choose to be pitiful, I'm the queen of pity sometimes, but, or we can be powerful, but we can't be both. If I'm choosing to pity myself, if I'm choosing to pity the way life is going, I'm not going to be powerful. And God has called us to be powerful. God has called you, woman and man, young and old, to be powerful. We get to choose that. I think about, and and I asked out of respect, but there are people that come to my mind, and this sweet lady that I had the honor of knowing, she came to my mind (laughs) during worship. And our sweet Bonnie, I don't know if you maybe knew her personally, (laughs) I have never seen a believer (laughs) live out these three promises the way that she did. Bonnie went on to be with Jesus. But that woman 
no matter how much pain she was in <laughs> and everything that she faced, I believe with all my heart that woman chose to filter what she saw, <laughs> what she said, and the sound that she listened to. And she was, oh, she impacted me in an unforgettable way. I also think about David in the Bible when we all heard the story, and if not, David and Goliath, and he defeated a giant. J David chose to see from God's perspective. David chose to speak God's promises. David chose not to listen to all the chatter from everyone. Because let me tell you, you know, like there's the chatter probably happening in your head. I'm, and I know possibly more for women, but I think it happens with men too. I mean, my husband and I have been honest with each other, the things that are happening in our head. But I know sometimes it can be worse with women, but just the chatter that we create in our head. Uh, <laughs> but maybe what others thank you. Maybe what others are saying, maybe what you're saying, what the enemy's trying to tell you, whatever. We get to choose that. David chose not to listen to all that. David chose not only to see, but also to say that his God is bigger than the giant or the mess or the wall that he was facing. I mean, this, this man stood tiny up to this giant. And these guys are like, would you just go back? I mean, go back. This is a joke. Like, what are you doing? And he's sitting there going, why is no one out there? Why is no one out there shutting this guy up? I mean, he's just sitting here talking and, and threatening us. Like, somebody do something. And he chose to do something. God's going to use his willing. And this man was willing. And he not only chose not to listen to the chatter of others, but he chose not to listen to the chatter, I believe, that was happening within his head because he was human. It was happening. I mean, you read Psalms. It was up and down. I mean, he talked about his struggles. David wrote Psalms. and I mean, he talked about the struggles that he faced. And you can say, good for David. <laughs> good for David. I'm not David. But you can be like David. We can not be David, but be like him because we have the same choice that he did. And he chose to see and say and listen to the sound that God wanted him to. And I believe that if we will filter what we are seeing, saying, and the sounds that we are listening to, God will make us strong, God will make us steady, and God will make us stable. And we cannot control what's happening around us. We can't. And you can say, well, today I don't feel strong, steady, or stable. I'm going to be honest. I, didn't feel, I don't currently feel the most strong, steady, or stable. We don't always feel that way. But we don't have to act on how we feel. And I can tell myself, you know what? I may not feel strong, steady, or stable, but those are mine according to the word of God. And I am strong. And I am stable. Even though things may not feel stable and my mind feels unstable at times. I am strong. And I am stable. And I am steady. What I'm seeing, what I'm saying, and the sound I'm listening to in my moments of difficulty are going to be the difference makers in my life. What you are seeing, what you are saying, and what sounds you are listening to are going to be the difference makers in the moments of difficulty. And like I said, this doesn't even have to be a big difficulty. Big, small, daily. We all face them. But this is what I believe. And these last three are not on here, but as I was praying, um, 
just this just kind of came about that I felt like the Lord just told me I needed to share. I believe this is what happens when we allow the Lord to help us see, say, and listen to a different sound, that a shift happens. The shift in in the way that I think, a shift in my priorities, because, you know, his word says that his ways are greater than my ways and his thoughts are greater than my thoughts. And if I will focus on him, if I will choose to see, say, and listen to a different sound, then he will begin to shift what's important to me, what I see, he'll shift it all. Number two is what I sense. I'm going to begin to sense the presence of God more. There's a lot of times where I could say, I don't feel him. I heard this speaker say once, many of the times when we feel most alone is the sweet moments when the Lord wants to remind us that we're not. Are you allowing yourself, if we'll do that, to see, say, and listen to a different sound, we'll sense God more. We'll sense and remember his plans and promises better than before. And then, of course, three is we'll see things that we didn't see before. I believe he gives us new eyes to see. Not just see, not just see our circumstances, the yet, differently, but we'll see things that we didn't see before. I am praying that I'm going to see something. The reason why my house waited so long to sell, I'm going to see something I didn't see before. But I've got to allow myself to see, say, and listen to a different sound. You know, we lost our we lost our first baby. Like it's been how many years ago? Ten, eight, nine, nine years ago. And at that moment, I couldn't see anything but pain. I couldn't see. I could have swore like a thousand pregnant girls showed up in my face right after we lost our baby. But we had a choice (laughs) in that moment to see something. What did we want to see? See loss? Did I want to see that my God would take away my baby? No, nope, he didn't do that. But I had a choice. We had a choice. I had someone say to me once, in such a good heart, and you may believe this way, and you may have heard me say this, just bear with me. I just really feel like I'm supposed to share it again. Someone say to me, it's okay, the Lord needed your baby more. Maybe something was wrong with your baby, blah, blah, blah. And that's how I felt. Blah, blah, blah. And I told my husband, I remember sitting in our house crying (laughs) and saying, if I ever thought for a moment that my God would take my baby from me, I'm not sure what I'd do. I'm not sure I'd be standing here today. But this is what I believe. If we'll stand up and choose to see something differently, choose to say something differently, and listen to a different sound, that God's going to bring good. And God has. God has brought so much good that we're having our fourth healthy baby (laughs) now as of this next year. But we have to choose, and we get to choose. When I choose not to be positive, we were making jokes, a couple of us were. I can be, I've been saying, I've been being negative Nancy, or I can be positive Patsy. I get to choose. And someone made the joke this morning, remember, positive Patsy, because it's like, I'm going to vomit, I'm going to vomit, I'm going to vomit. That's all I could think. But when I'm saying that, when I choose not to be positive, I'm telling God I don't believe in his power. What are you telling the Lord? 
I don't believe that you're big enough to sell my house. I don't believe that you're big enough to take my past and, and make it good. I don't believe that you can take what I've done before and use it to help others. I don't believe that you're powerful enough to take my regular days and make them different. You can't control your circumstances or your environment or a lot of other things, but you can control your focus. We have to decide that we don't need a reason. We don't need a reason why this is happening. We don't have to have a reason why this is not happening, but we want revelation. God wants to give us revelation, and many times our greatest revelations, what he uh, gives us, comes in the midst of pain of some sort. The most effective times in our lives in God's kingdom is when I understand God's agenda the least. He's going to be the most effective many times when I don't have a clue what's going on. When I don't have a clue why what's happening is happening. But that's normally when he's most effective, is when I don't have a clue and he can do what he wants to do and I don't butt in. I just let him do what he wants to do. We will always have reasons to be negative, but what results do we want? It's not about trying. It's not. I mean, you can say, I've tried it. I've tried that. I've tried. I've tried. Well, that's just, it's, it is. We can try all day long, but it's about believing and trusting and seeking the Lord when we can't see. When we're struggling to say. And when those sounds are playing in our head that aren't so good. We have to learn how to think how God thinks. Allow him to help us think the way that he thinks. If I come to him with a grateful heart and a heart focused on his word, I am positioning myself to experience his power and to hear his voice. But only when I come to him with a grateful heart. Now, don't get me wrong. I've come to him messy and ugly, and I believe that he wants that all the same. But I said to a friend uh, this last week, I feel like I've just clogged it because I've just got all this yuck going on up in my head and all this yuck coming out of my mouth. I can't hear him. He's always speaking. Am I listening? And I wasn't. I was listening to the negative that was playing in my head and the sounds that were going. I believe this is all we need is consistency and commitment. This isn't one of those get-rich-quick schemes. This isn't, I mean, we live in a culture where everything's that. You know, like you watch those infomercials, like, have abs in 24 hours. It's a joke. Like, seriously, nobody can do that. Nobody can. It's not one of those things. You're going to have to stick with it. And there's a good chance that today you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to walk out of here. I hope you do. I hope you walk out of here feeling that way, feeling encouraged. And I'm going to try to see something different. I'm going to try to say something different. And I'm going to try to make sure I'm listening to a different sound. Well, in a couple of days, you may say, I'm not seeing any changes. You will. Just stick with it. And not because I said it, but because I believe this is the way the Lord um, wants us to do it. You know, when you, when you go to the gym... David's a better example of when you go to the gym. I have been going to the gym last year, but it doesn't look like it. But I have been. But that takes consistency and commitment. You know, you're not going to be in shape overnight. You're not going to lose weight overnight. You know, that takes consistency and commitment to the way that you eat and all that. 
this is what I believe, that whatever it is you're facing, I'm going to ask our worship band to come forward. Whatever it is you're facing, I heard a speaker say, what is within you is greater than what's around you. What is within you is greater than what's around you. So I don't know what's going on around you, but I know that there's something greater within you, and that's the Lord. We get to choose pity or power, defeat or victory, worry or worship. We can't have both. Limitation or potential, impossibilities or possibilities. They can't both be on my tongue. If I'm, if I'm saying one, if I'm just talking about all my excuses of why I can't, then I'm not going to be able to say what I can. We're going to sing a new song. And I just, I felt so strongly that today, that there were going to be some people in here that you could say, I'm facing some walls today, or a wall. But this is what I would just petition to you. That you get to see and say and listen to a different sound. Now it's not going to immediately change what's going on or what you're facing. It's going to change you. And God wants to give you eyes to see and ears to hear the sounds that he wants you to hear. The promises. I dare you. The song, it says, this is my song, this is my dare. And I immediately paused when I heard that part because I thought, this is my dare? Because we almost have to do it. You know, anybody ever played the truth or dare game? I was always the kid that picked truth because I hated dares. Didn't want to do the dare. But seriously, it's a dare. And I'm going to pose and just say to you, I dare you to go out this week and choose to see something the way God wants you to see. Choose to say what God would have you to say. And choose to listen to a different sound. I'm not in your head, but the Lord knows. I, I, I told my husband, <laughs> I told Gabriel, I said, I just feel like <laughs> the enemy's just been pushing and pushing but you know what I felt like Holy Spirit told me? Push back. It's time that we quit letting the enemy do the talking. You know, I, I've never been a super confrontational person. Never. I'll avoid it, honestly. Just at all costs, I'll avoid confrontation. I like peace and, and calm. But I think it's time we stand up and push back. And say, you know what? It doesn't matter what I face. It doesn't matter what I'm seeing. I can see something differently today. And I can choose to say that my God is bigger. That my marriage, my marriage may not look so good today. But my God's bigger than that. And he takes messes and he does miracles. That it doesn't have to be what you're seeing and what's been said and all that. It's, it's not the final God gets to make the final say. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing this last song. And I encourage you 
to just listen to the words. I don't know what wall you're facing. I really don't. But we get to choose today that you can say, Lord, I'm standing at this wall and this is what it is. The doctor said this. Maybe so-and-so said this when I was a kid or just two days ago someone said this and it just keeps playing in my head. I felt this in my heart and I haven't seen it come to pass. I don't understand. But I would challenge you today that whatever walls you're facing, whatever lies you've been listening to, you have the power to push stop. Push stop and push back. You can tell the enemy, yeah, you may say I'm not that good. You may say I'm not that smart, but I am smart. I may not be the smartest, but I am smart. I am called. I am anointed. I am a good mom. I am a good man. I may not have done all the best things, but God wants to use me. And for better use of terms, it's a bad word in our house, but shut up. I've had enough. I'm not listening anymore. I'm not talking what you tell me to say. It's my turn. I'm going to tell you what my family is going to look like. My brother may be lost for years. My sister, we've been believing that she'll find herself in church, that her family will be in church. I'm not done. The enemy wants to tell me, you've been praying that for the last 12 years. It's not over. It's not over. God gets the final say. It does not matter. I love this. The guy that wrote this song, the man that wrote this song, they told him he would never walk. He would never talk. He would never, nothing. Basically gave him nothing. Can I tell you the video that I have watched countless times? The man not only was walking on stage, but the man was talking. Then he turned around and led the song. So I don't care what you're facing. I, I mean, I do care. Please don't. I'm terrible about saying I don't care. I do care. I promise. I care. <laughs> but it doesn't matter that today you can say, you know what? This is what it looks like. But this is what God, I believe you promised me. And it doesn't matter the time. His promises have no expiration date. You have today. And God willing, you'll have tomorrow, and you get to make a choice. You can tell the enemy, enough. You can tell the enemy, you know what? I'm pushing back. I'm done. I, I was at this, um, at this time where it was, it was called Quest, and I was just in this time alone with the Lord. And, and I hate bugs, and I'm the girl that squeals over the spiders and, and all that stuff. But I was sitting on this towel and nobody was around and I'm out here in the wilderness and I say the wilderness, it's just a pasture, Lord help. Um, but, so I'm out here, it felt like the wilderness because I'm all alone. But I wasn't squealing or anything. I was just literally having to kill these bugs because they just kept crawling on my towel and there was no way that was going to happen. So I kept killing them. I felt like the Lord said, you know, that's what you can do in life. You've been laying back and letting the enemy just... Bring it on. Just bring it on. But you have the power to say, no. You know what? I may be feeling pretty sick right now. I may be having aches and pains that I can't explain. Or maybe the doctor's giving you an explanation. 
I may have lost loved ones, but you can say, you know what? Today's a new day. I'm going to see something that the Lord wants me to see. I'm going to say something. I'm going to proclaim his promises. I'm going to proclaim his truths because God is good and God is great. And even though it doesn't always feel like he's good to us, let me tell you, our God is good. He came in a human form just so he could impact lives. He is faithful. And I'm so sorry for whatever you're facing today, but can I tell you, and as we sing this song and these walls that you're facing, that God is greater. He is bigger. And you may be facing a big mountain. My grandma and I have this thing. You tell that big mountain how big your God is. He is good. And he will be good to you. So we're going to sing this last song, and I encourage you, the prayer team, to come up. Press in. If you need prayer, I'm telling you, these people love you, and they want to pray with you. And if there's not someone, maybe someone else has taken up, there are other people in amongst here like that will pray with you and agree with you. These walls are going to fall. They have to. Like, no enemy can stand against our God. No wall can stand. Seven times they marched around the wall of Jericho. But it had to fall. Your wall has to fall. It has to. So let's sing this. Let's sing this out. God, we thank you that you are greater. We thank you that no devil in hell stands a chance against our God. God, we thank you that we are saying here and now that we want to see the way you see. God, that we want to hear the way you hear. We want to speak the way that you would speak. We want to see your promises and not our problems. God, we want to spend more time fellowshipping with you than fellowshipping with our problems. God, I thank you, Lord, that you will open our eyes to see the possibilities and not the limitations. To take our eyes and our ears and our minds off the excuses and just find ourselves walking through doors of opportunities. God, whether daily, just daily challenges that we're facing or difficulties or something monumental right now. Doesn't matter. You are bigger. You know. You see all. You know all. And you do all. You split the sea. You raise dead men to life. (laughs) There's no list long enough to say all that you've done, but we know, Lord, that you can do anything. I pray, Lord, that you will renew hope, that you will encourage faith today. Stir within our hearts, Lord, today to believe like we have not believed before, to see like we have not seen before, to hear like we have not heard before. Because, God, you are good. You are great. And you are bigger.